Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Well, good morning, North Main. Uh, If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Matt. I'm a member here, and uh, as always, it's just an honor to be here with you this morning. Uh, It's an honor to be sharing the word with you, to be going and uh, kicking off the uh, new year with you. Uh, I always get, uh, like I said, I know I repeat myself, but I get excited whenever I get to preach with you. Um, Anytime I get to dig into the word, anytime I get to bring the word to um, the congregation, it excites me and it makes me feel... um, just so thankful for the scripture. Every time I spend time prepping and getting ready to share and getting ready to look into what we're going to be discussing, uh, makes me thankful that we have um, this guidebook to kind of help us through these tough times. I don't know about you, but uh, my wife and I, as 2021 was coming down to a close, we were talking about like we have the past couple of years, just like. I hope this year's better. You know, the past couple of years, it's been more hopeful. I remember like 2020 coming in and us just, uh, we're being, we were really excited. You know, we were so excited about what was going to come. We had just moved into a new home. Um, we had been back with uh, this congregation for about a year and uh, we were kind of starting to get into a groove, a new pattern. We're like, man, 2020 is going to be this new kind of place for us. And we were correct. It was something new. And, uh, and unexpected, and it just kind of went in there. And I remember 2021, we sat down on New Year's, and we said to ourselves, all right, um, it can't be as bad as that, right? Like, at least it's going to get better. And uh, as we can see, we're a whole year later, and it's about the same. Um, Things are starting to look better, I think, in some respects. Um, It is hard to kind of keep the, uh, the hope there. And it is funny that we have been going through the fruits of the Spirit as all of this has been going on. Uh, Like I said, my family came back to be in this congregation when we started this um, Fruits of the the Spirit series, like when we started in with love. And uh, we got to experience it from the very beginning, so we've been with you through all of this. And it's just funny how it's tested us every single year, right? Every single year it's tested what we've been trying to do, how we've been trying to live, and uh, this year's not going to be any different. We're going to be digging into patience. And uh, it was kind of funny because when we were trying to set the schedule for preaching, uh, Pastor Brandon and I were talking, and originally it had been set for me to preach on uh, the Sunday after Christmas. I think that was the 26th. And uh, we had had me set to do that, and then some schedule shifted, and I ended up shifting over to today. And I told my wife, I was like, well, I'm now doing the first in the, uh, in the year. And she's like, you're going to kick off like the new series. And I said, yeah, I guess I am. And she's like, you're going to kick off Patience? And I was like... <laughs> And I was like, is there a problem with that? <laughs> she said, no, no, no. She's like, no, it's not a problem. It's just slightly ironic. And I said, all right. I said, I'll give you that. Uh, and I shared here before one of my struggles throughout my, uh, my teen years and through my early um, adulthood was my temper, my anger. I just had a trouble controlling it. And so that goes right along with patience because as we're going to dig in today, we're going to really just be kicking off 
this idea of what patience is and what God kind of looks for us to, um, when he says he wants us to be patient, when the Bible talks about patience, what is it meaning for us? And we're going to take the whole year to look through that and uh, see how we can try to incorporate that into our lives. And uh, like I said, it's something that I've always kind of struggled a little bit with. Before I came here to uh, North Maine, I kind of did something similar where I started whenever I was um, preaching at uh, Dutil, the church I was at before, where I would go through every year and I'd pick out something that I was personally struggling with, and that year I would make it like the focus of my year. I would, um, you know, if I was you know, struggling with envy or something, if I was struggling with, you know, losing my temper, I would pick that thing and I'd say this whole year I'm going to just do Bible studies, I'm going to read scripture on it, I'm going to try and in my time think about and process how I'm doing in these areas. And it became a little bit, uh, or it became something where I was trying to build habits. I was trying to take a whole year and say, okay, this is something I struggle with and I want to reframe how I think about it. And actually one of the years I did was patience because it was something that I struggled with. And uh, it's funny because not only through that experience of taking a year and looking at it and kind of taking um, inventory of my shortcomings in that area allowed me to really kind of see how God uh, looks at patience and what he expects from us and how important and integral it is to our relationship with him and our witness as Christians. And so uh, patience, it used to kind of be like a, a, you know, background thought to me, and it has kind of recently moved to the foreground. And uh, it's just, like I said, digging in, we have so much scripture where it's guiding us through this process where we're not alone. But uh, when we look at the fruit of the spirit, I think it's really, really easy for us to pick out certain ones. Like we've kind of gone through love, uh, gone through joy. These are ones where we're like, okay, if we're a Christian, we should love others, or we want to feel love. I want to feel joy. I want to feel peace. These are things that are kind of easier for us to um, interpret. But then when it comes to patience, it is something that we want to experience a lot, right? I, I always like it when someone is patient with me, especially whenever I'm making a mistake or whenever I'm struggling. Um, but it is not something that we often think internally, like this is something I'm going to reciprocate back out. Um, it's, it's always kind of something that we're looking for. And so today, like I said, we're going to dig into a little bit. We're going to look at our um, kind of theme scripture that we've been doing for the past four or five years, four years, I guess. Um, and we're going to come in, it's Galatians 5, 22. Talks about these fruit of the spirits. And one of the things that is important when we're looking at the fruit of the spirit and when we're trying to um, figure out what that looks like for us in our own lives, one of the important things is to remember that these are different um, slightly than the gifts of the spirit. See, the fruit of the Spirit is something that as we continue with our relationship with God, we should be continually growing. I don't know if any of you are gardeners or any of you grow things like at your homes. Um, I kill, me and my wife, we kill everything that we try to grow. Um, but my, uh, we have purchased the property that we live at from um, my grandmother-in-law, my wife's grandmother, and she can grow anything anywhere. And she planted all sorts of fruit trees on our property. And uh, it's interesting because I've not known much about growing fruit or anything or even how they kind of like the seasons and what it looks like and, and how long it takes. And so it's kind of been a learning curve there. 
Um, but we have some apple trees in our front yard. We have some Asian pear trees in our front yard. And for the past couple of years, the apple trees just like haven't been producing. The first year, uh, last year, they didn't really make any fruit at all. This year, they made some fruit, but they were very small. It was, uh, they were bitter, um, and we didn't really get them to grow. The Asian pear tree last year didn't grow anything, but this year had a huge crop. We just had like crates and crates and crates of these Asian pears coming out. They were huge and, and delicious. And um, it got me thinking about fruit and what um, the fruit looks like as it's growing and, and things that affect it and how that, when we're using that language of growing fruit, how that should look in our lives. I think a lot of times we think that as we accept Christ, we just instantly get all these things. Like if we're a Christian, we should just have these, much like the gifts of the Spirit where that just comes naturally. Like, and if it doesn't, then it'll, that must not be our gift or my gift. The fruit's totally different. We should all be growing this fruit or at least striving and working towards growing this fruit in our lives. It should be something that we're seeking after. And the Bible tells us that growing fruit is something that um, should happen over time as we're getting more and more and more like Christ. The fruit that we're growing is becoming more and more like Christ. And so it lists these things off. These are all things that we should be seeking after, trying to build, trying to cultivate, trying to grow in our lives. And in 22, you're going to see on the screen, I was trying to, when I was entering these things in, uh, I had used one of my old um, notes as like a template. And so there's some from the last one. So <laughs> if, if, if I stop reading and, it, and there's still words on the screen, that's why I didn't delete everything that I should have. Um, so Galatians 5.22, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. See, these fruits of the Spirit are things that only through the Holy Spirit. It's interesting because the Bible makes it pretty clear that only through the Holy Spirit can we achieve these things. And that seems contradictory to us. We don't like to always hear that, especially when we're trying to um, work through what these things look in our life. Like again, love, I can get this maybe from another person, but the Bible tells us that the only way to truly experience love is from God, this love that comes through the Holy Spirit. That's the only true way, and that's the only way that we then know how to express true love to others. Because if we just went by a human standard, our love is very conditional, right? If someone loves me, then I will love them. But Bible, the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit, love, is unconditional, this fruit that comes from God. It's the only way we can have that love. When we look at joy, we can experience momentary, momentary happiness, right? Or momentary joy when we maybe receive something or we're experiencing something. But the true joy, the only way to experience joy, which is those emotions in the midst of suffering, is through the Holy Spirit. It's the only way to have this fruit grow within us. When we look at peace, we can, have, uh, we can go on vacation, right? But how often is it that at the last few days of that vacation, your mind starts you know, ticking on the things that you have to do when you get home? The peace is very fleeting, very fleeting. But again, this peace, this idea of feeling calm and feeling sure in the midst of a storm, right? That's what we talked about last year. All last year was this idea that storms could be raging and yet we could still be sitting in the midst of it with the Holy Spirit and feel peace. And patience is no different. 
There are people who are born with maybe a little bit more patience than others. Maybe they don't have quite as quick a fuse. And yet there is a patience that goes beyond what our ideal of what patience is, or maybe what we think. Like, again, the, uh, the kind of gold standard, what has become the norm right now, uh, almost replacing patience as a virtue is the idea of speaking my mind, right? If I speak my truth, how often have you heard that? This is my truth, I'm going to speak it, regardless of how it makes you feel or how it makes the other people around me feel or whether or not I've done adequate research or whether or not it's completely an emotion or whether or not I have um, any kind of reason for doing it. It's just whatever I want to speak. And patience, godly patience, is the exact opposite of that. See, when we look at, when I was trying to dig into this idea of patience, I really started looking into the, uh, the, root, the root of the word, like where this came from. And the Hebrews, they had uh, two kind of ideas of what the word patience meant. Uh, the first one was an endurance, right? So it's maybe this is what, when we think of patience, this is maybe our, our first kind of go-to um, idea is this endurance. I'm going to face something that's a hardship or a struggle. I'm going to face something that is maybe unpleasant, something I don't want to go through, and I'm going to endure it. Um, and a lot of times when they used this version of patience, it was uh, the, the people of Israel, the, the Jewish nation, enduring some sort of tr- struggle or strife, or an individual within that nation enduring some sort of struggle or strife. The other idea that patience that they had was actually more used when they were talking about patience in the frame of God. Uh, this kind of patience, they would, it's more like forbearance, Um, The idea is that I'm going to withhold my anger, and even if it's righteous anger, I'm going to withhold my anger uh, from you, even though maybe you deserve it, in the midst of a bad situation. And a lot of times this was how they referred to God's patience. So they would say God is watching these people who are his people disobey and disobey and disobey and disobey, and this is unpleasant for him. He's experiencing hurt and heartbreak and anger And yet he is withholding his judgment or withholding his punishment in the face of that. And so those are the two kind of basic things. And what our modern idea of patience is actually kind of a combination of those. I actually have the the definition right here I wanted to read. Uh, So patience, if you just look it up in, in the dictionary, it says the capacity to accept or to tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. So I think a lot of times we end up leaving off that without getting angry or upset. When we think of patience, it's like, okay, I'll endure this situation, but everybody around me is going to know that I'm enduring it, right? Uh, you're going to know that I'm enduring it, and you're going to know that I'm enduring it. Um, and you know, the person who's causing it is certainly going to know that I'm enduring it. Uh, and I feel like that's a lot of times how I do with patience. It's like, okay, I just survived through this situation. Or it's like, you know, I didn't do the very worst thing that I could in that situation. I restrained myself. I only yelled a little bit. Um, and this idea of patience, it has to be different. It has to be the all-encompassing. We have to look at how God deals with us and then also look how he expects us to be. So he expects us to endure suffering that the world puts at us. The the Bible is clear in that. Paul talks over and over and over again about looking at suffering as an opportunity. That's how he frames it almost all the time. He says, look at this suffering that I face or I'm going through, this, this race that I'm running, this thing that I'm trying to endure, look at how I'm doing this. 
And yet it takes it a little bit further where he says, consider it joy. Right, we see this patience that Paul puts on. If you want to learn about patience, uh, Paul is one that is, is good to read, reading his, his books, his epistles, um, because when you get through to the root of what he's gone through, he's been put through so much turmoil, and yet everything that he tries to put out is uplifting. It's, it's always correcting. It's always trying to be um, a good um, exposure for God, a good witness for God. And when we look about patience, again, I think it gets kind of pushed to the background. It's what I wanted to talk a little bit about this morning, is that these first ones that we've dealt with, this love, joy, and peace that we've gone the past three years, those ones, like I said, come naturally to a lot of people when they think about what it means to be a good witness for God. If I love someone, then they will say, hey, you know, I want to come to church. That person's kind to me or that person shows me love. Maybe I've not experienced that. If we have joy, well, what's making that person so joyful? I want to go experience that. Or peace, why, why does that whole congregation seem at peace when the world around them is crumbling? And then patience, we kind of are like, well, yeah, if I lose my patience, everybody loses their patience. It's fine, you know, whatever. That's kind of how I've dealt with a lot of people who have looked at patients. They're like, you know, it is what it is. You know, everyone loses their patience or this person was doing me wrong. And I want to just encourage you as we kind of start out into this new year to think maybe about how you think about patients. How do you exhibit patience in your life? And um, maybe is it just a surface level patience or is it kind of this double meaning of patience, this enduring situations uh, while also remaining positive, keeping your anger in check. And the reason I say that is because I would argue that patience is actually one of the best tools that we have for witnessing for people, for spreading the gospel, and for growing the church. A lot of times I see people who um, lose their temper so quickly in situations, day-to-day -day situations, interactions that we have, and this has just escalated over the past couple of years. If you go online, every, it seems like every other video or, or thing out there, article is just about someone who's lost their temper, right, in a Walmart or, you know, somebody who lost their temper at a waiter or something like that and just lost it. You know, there was articles after articles about people who are getting, you know, thrown out of establishments and these kind of things. This is going insane. I was actually reading an article just the other day about um, why waiters and waitresses are not coming back to the workforce and one of the biggest reasons, they said two of the biggest reasons actually, were grace and patience. They said that they were not receiving any grace and that the people had no patience. And I was like, well, these are words that we're very familiar with, at least we should be, right? And the world's crying out for it. Thousands of people, millions of people who have quit their jobs, who have left because they aren't receiving patience and grace in their workplace. We all work out in the workplace, right? We experience it where we interact with people. Whether you work or you stay at home, you always have to go out into the world and experience people while they're in their workplaces. It's us who has to be different. We have to look different when we look at this patience. We have to be the one. We talk about how do we change the world. So often we get in here, and I feel like so many people get frustrated. Um, they come and they say, well, where's the change? Why can't we see this change in our world? And yet, whenever someone brings us the wrong order, we, we lose our minds, right? How could you forget, you know, my guacamole? <laughs> 
when there's one of you serving the entire restaurant because the other three people quit last week. This is the truth. Our world is screaming for these fruits of the Spirit. When we talk about, you know, oppression, a lot of times it's our, it's our way of kind of like, we want to step back and go into a defense mode and look at the world and say, look at all these things. They're, they're going against what the church is saying and they're going against these things. And I say, no, God's given us a spirit of strength and a spirit where we're, we should be unafraid. We should step out in an offensive an offensive that is loving and joyful and kind and patient. And this is crazy. Like, I, I guarantee you that you're going to be, I want you to be thinking about this like all the time when you're in, in, the, in the world out and experiencing these things. Because like the other day, even at Walmart, I end up shopping there quite a bit. And uh, they don't have enough people to work there for whatever reason that you can, you know, think the, the, the reason for that is, you know, whatever you want to believe the reason for that is. But the truth of it is that they don't have enough people working there. So there's lines, you know, backed up all the crazy and I'm standing there. And the, my body language in those lines, I even think now that I am not, there are times when I'm like, <laughs> right? But I think then to myself, what if I look different what if I'm not upset to be standing in this line? What if I'm just like, this is okay? What if I smile as people pass me? What if I smile to the people that are there? And this is the little things. And trust me, I am not the person, again, I like to, to reiterate, I'm not uh, the person who has got these things all figured out. So if you see me in Walmart and I've got like a big scowl on my face, don't, please don't be like, I don't believe anything that comes out of North Maine. I am human as well. But I, I promise you, this idea of patience, it's, it's really changed how I view the world, how I view my witness. Keeping my cool in the midst of times whenever it might not, um, it might not be what I want to do. There might be times when I want to, you know, chew out someone who's done something or I want to, you know, that person who cuts in front of me and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is the last time, the last thing I need today, Right? But the Bible's saying, listen, I have, because of God, again, this is where those two definitions come in, because God is patient with us, he says, I expect you to be patient with others. He says, because I watch you sin day in and day out, and I withhold my full wrath and judgment on you, because I see you make these mistakes, and yet I still became flesh, dwelled among you, and died for you so that you could be a part of my family. I expect you to do the same thing. And so going in, it's hard. It's hard. Like I said, I don't have any points today because I just wanted to kind of kick off this idea, kind of get this idea of patience cultivating in our minds, going into this new year and trying to think differently, it doesn't have to be, I, I, again, I, it, it shouldn't be something that you come and say, oh, well, I don't always live that way, so I feel really guilty. Every day is a new day. I've gotten into this habit of thinking this where I can start over new every day. The new year is always a way of, of kind of starting new. A lot of people take it as a time to do resolutions, and there's always the joke that, oh, you know, you won't stick to your resolutions pretty soon. The gyms are, are going to be super full and then they, they, they get empty by February, right? Um, but the truth is, is that if we all together start making small steps, 
small steps in the right direction, then that's how you build habits. It doesn't come overnight. It might take an entire year for you to build up the idea of being patient. It's not going to happen tomorrow, and it's certainly not going to be. If you're a person who's at something that's really struggling with, it's not like you're going to be standing in the line, and usually you lose your temper, and then tomorrow you're going to be like, well, you know what? I heard about this on Sunday, and I'm not going to. But maybe... Maybe you can think about it. Maybe you'll catch yourself. you say, you know, listen, I need to count to 10. I need to cool down a little bit. I want people when they see me to see Christ. Amen. I want people to, and, and yeah, the truth of it is, is that sometimes that means you, you, take, um, you take some stuff on the cheek, right? Sometimes you, you, you take a hit or maybe you feel like you got walked over a little bit. Think about Jesus. Think about what he went through. Think about the disciples. And yet, when this happens, when we begin to live this out truthfully, we do change the world. You see it happen. When the world is so actively and loudly screaming for it. See, I think right now, we're, we're, they're, they're searching in, the whole world, I look, is searching in all these directions if you want the truth, they're searching in, in sex, they're searching in drugs, they're searching in politics, they're searching in all these directions of like, how can we find these fruit of the spirit? That's what they're looking for. They're looking for peace. They're looking for love and joy. They're looking for patience. They want people to accept them for who they are. They don't want to get chewed out every time they go into work. These are the things that the world's looking for. And at the same time, we're coming out and we're saying that we have those things And yet they're looking at us and they're saying, you're part of this problem. All we've experienced from you is the opposite of this. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. That's not my point because I've done this as well. But we have to have an opportunity here. We have to look at it as that to change who we are and to really say, listen, we may not be dead. right? We're alive in Christ, but we might also not be producing fruit. Like I said, my apple trees didn't produce any fruit. My, my trees from last year, my Asian pear trees last year didn't produce any fruit. They weren't dead. I didn't chop them down. They just weren't producing fruit. There's a whole lot of reasons that it might not be. You might not be producing fruit, and there might be things that are blocking that. Maybe you're not getting enough sun. Maybe you're not getting enough water, right? Whatever those things are, maybe you're not reading scripture. Maybe you're not involved with it enough. Maybe you're letting something else poison you. There's other things, like I learned that there's a big, right next to my one apple tree, there's another really big, just like maple tree. And someone told me, oh, that's stealing all the nutrients from your apple tree. That's part of the reason why it didn't make it. I didn't know that. What are things planted next to you that you're allowing to steal your nutrients to not produce fruit? This is what we can do this year. We can change who we are as people. And the outcome of what happens when we do that is really, really powerful. I wanted to read, kind of in closing here. This is a psalm, and it was written by David. A lot of people think that this psalm was actually written at the end of David's life, after he had seen all the things that he's gone through, after he had experienced the hurt and the heartache, he'd experienced family members betraying him, he'd experienced um, just sin after sin, he'd experienced failure Um, But he experienced great um, heights as well, successes, and and a walk with God that is amazing. And so he sums kind of a lot of these things up in Psalm 37. Psalm 37, 7 through 9 is what I'm going to be reading. Actually, I'm going to back it up a little bit. It's going to be Psalm 37, 1 through 9. 
And this is David just kind of expressing his thoughts in an older age, looking back on his life. And he says, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. That's a weird one. When I was a young kid, I had trouble understanding that because I thought to myself, well, why would I ever envy people doing wrong? And I can tell you as I've gotten older, sometimes I do. Maybe that becomes more real where I look out into the world and I see they don't have to live by any kind of code, any kind of morals. They can just do whatever they want and that would be so easy. It would alleviate some of this guilt or some of this, this, this thoughts that go in my head where I'm trying to change who I am. It would be so much easier. And there are times when I truthfully envy. And I think David, it makes him more human to me where he looks and he says, I look out at these people and I wish I could behave differently sometimes. I wish I didn't have to be holy. Holy means set apart for God. I wish I didn't have to do that because it's hard. It's a road that's narrow and it's steep and not a lot of people are walking it with me. I'm by myself. But he says, for like grass, these wicked people, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiant like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently on for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper. How many people are thinking that right now? That's been one of my biggest frustrations these past two or three years as I look out on not only our political landscape, but our pop culture landscape, our, our country's landscape. And I see people who, in my eyes, are just embodying evil in certain ways and just prospering, whether it's making money or gaining followers or whatever it is. And I get so frustrated. And yet David says, listen, I've lived a life I've seen it all. Think about him seeing Saul, an enemy of his, sit on the throne that he knew belonged to him. And he had to watch as Saul tried to kill him over and over again. And, and the Lord told him, it's not your time yet. David had to wait patiently as he watched his kingdom be ruled by someone else. And as he was hunted, he's experienced these things and he's speaking on them. And it says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed. For those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. See, this shouldn't be, I used to read this as kind of a, uh, I was like, yeah, they're going to get theirs, right? <laughs> That's kind of how it is. I'm just being honest. I, I, I was younger. I read that as that. And now I look at it and it brings me comfort because I look out into this world and I think to myself, sometimes, is it worth me being patient? Is it worth me being, showing love? Is it worth me seeking peace? Is all of this worth it when it's easier to do else, to do other things? And David is saying here, listen, that road may look easier and it may be inviting and it may look like something you want to seek after. And yet when you wait patiently, when you cultivate these fruits, there's something that is better. 
You can achieve these things. These, see, what these wicked people are achieving, what the world is achieving, what we think we're achieving in the moment is all fake versions of the fruit of the Spirit. See, when we're sitting there and something doesn't go our way and we aren't enduring it, we're being angry, what we're doing is we're trying to get our way. We say, well, we'll feel peace if I'm not patient. I'll feel joy if I'm not patient, right? If I can just get that thing, that thing I want, or that position I want, or live in that, or that person I want, if I get this thing, then I will be joyful, or I will have peace. And see, that's just not how it works. The Bible tells us that all these things, they work together in accordance. Patience is part of it. And so, like I said, I don't know where you're at. Maybe that's something that you don't struggle with. Maybe it's something where you're like, hey, I don't really lose my temper or I don't really struggle with, with patience, um, but this is something that maybe I don't do actively, right? Maybe I don't step out and try to be patient in all situations with people or show them grace in those situations. This is something that together I'm excited to go about as, a, as the year goes on, like as a group, to see what we can do because I genuinely do believe that if we start showing patience in a really real way, a way where we endure the things that are happening around us with happiness, if we endure the things that happen in our lives, the situations that bring us displeasure or, or are outside of our comfort zone with joy and peace and love, then man, people are going to notice. People are gonna notice. I've had that experience before, genuinely where I was, it was a, a waitress, uh, it was Olive Garden of all things, we were there, and, uh, and this, this waitress, she had just, I could tell she was having a bad night, she was just too many tables, too many people, not enough help, and uh, we were just, my, my wife and I were just really extra, we went out of our way to be kind to her, to be gracious to her, anything that happened, you know, she would apologize, oh, I'm sorry, I, I'll go grab that, or I need that, and we just kept saying over and over again, it's all right, you know, you're, you're doing your very best, we can, we can see that. And at the very end of the night, she was just like, you guys were so nice, nobody else has been like kind like that to me or understanding. She says, why? She genuinely just said, why are you like, why are you like that? And we said, oh, well, you know, we go to a church down the street, that's just, we believe that God has called us to be kind to people and to treat them with respect and with grace. That was all. I didn't pull out a tract and be like, well, here's the 10 points on how to, you know, and I said, you know, I said, this is what we, we genuinely believe. And, and, you know, if you're ever, you know, it's do till church. And if you're ever, you know, in the area or you're, you want to go someplace, you know, you're always welcome there. And that was the end of the conversation. I don't know what happened. I don't know where it came of it, but I do know that it was an opportunity to witness. It was an opportunity for me to throw a seed. God will water that. Other people will, will add sunshine and cultivate it. But my patience in that situation, my wife and I's patience was the number one thing that led to her asking about Christ. So if you're, you know, in a place like I was, thinking maybe this isn't a very important, you know, topic or, you know, patience, I don't know, like, where is it at? It's crucial. It's crucial to our witness. It's crucial to our growth as a church. Crucial to your growth as a Christian in your relationship with Christ to be more Christ-like. So I encourage you. There's, um, I had a few questions that I had kind of just posed. Just I think they're um, in the in the workbook. Um, but uh, just be thinking about throughout the week. Be thinking about where, like I said, where maybe you are struggling with patience. Be thinking about where patience shows up, like or the lack thereof, in our world right now. Where are you seeing it? 
Because where it's lacking is where we should kind of fill in the gaps. If you're seeing it lacking when you're going out shopping, if you're seeing it lacking in your own family, then that's where you have to step up and say, I'm going to try and be a, a change or a difference. Uh, and so those are just all things just to kind of get your brain working, to get it sparking on going through this, this uh, whole year. I'm excited, genuinely. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be in a place where we can grow and where we can kind of conquer something that I don't think the world talks about. At least I don't see it. Like, they talk about love a lot. Where can you find love? Where can you find these other ones and different things? But patience it's just not something that's taught. And I think it's unique. It's unique to, to Christianity. It's unique to to trying to set ourselves apart. And so I want to encourage you, think about that. I hope that you are excited to be jumping into this year as well and, uh, and looking at, at patience with us. So I'll invite our worship team to come on back up. And if you would join me in prayer as we close out. Dear God, we come before you this morning and we just thank you. We thank you for sending your son. We thank you for setting the example of what it means to be a person who is holy. We, I think in our, if we had tried to figure it out on our own, we would fail over and over again. It's, it's fairly clear in that. And so we just thank you for recognizing that and being patient with us, sending your son to die on the cross for us, sending your son to be an example for what we should be like, God. We, as a church, we desire to be like Christ. And God, we pray that the Holy Spirit isn't blocked by anything in our lives. God, we are going to go through this adventure this year, diving into patience and what it means for us and our church. And God, we want to be like you. As a group, we lift that up. We want to be like you. We want to serve you in such a way that is pleasing be a good example, be a good ambassador of who you are. And God, we just want people, people who are searching, we, we have the answers. We, we've experienced, if we're here we're, and we're in a relationship with you, then to some degree we've experienced these things, this joy, the peace. We've experienced your patience. And God, we just give us a heart to want others to experience that as well. Don't let our hearts be hardened into a way where we hide everything that you are and your gifts, your fruit, or hoard it for ourselves as something only for us to experience. God, the world is longing for it. It's hungry for it. It's thirsty for it, God. And we thank you for that. Thank you for their hearts that are melting. God, just give us the things that we've been trying to cultivate peace as we go into situations and we're trying to be good examples, God. We just... The world's in a tough spot right now, but it's also primed and ready to go. Right now is a time when we can be combative with our enemies or we can be patient and kind. It's a time when we can choose to put up our fists or we can choose to listen and love. God, just, I pray that we do that. I pray that you give us the strength. It is harder Sometimes we envy the people who can just be cruel to one other people. And it's, it's hard to admit that. It's hard to express that to you, our creator. And yet it's truth. And you know, you know our hearts. And even though sometimes we desire that, you know that we ultimately, truthfully desire you. 
God, this moment, this new year, we pray, forgive us of any sins that we may be carrying into this new year. Any baggage that's keeping us from this really good harvest of fruit, of feeling these things in our life and experiencing them and able to give them out to others, God. God, anything that's holding us back, we pray. We give it up to you. Any temptations, any broken relationships, any sin that comes back, any addictions that come back, any any issues at all that really put up a barrier between you and us, God. We just pray those. We pray those into your hands. And we ask that you take them. God, we also know that this isn't all on you. It's on us as well. We have to take the steps and be active. And we pray that you give us strength to do that. Keep our minds wholly set apart for you. Let us run and, and thirst and hunger for you. God, we just love you so much. And in your name we pray. Amen. As we sing this last song, the altars are always open. You're welcome to come up. However you need to talk to God, whatever you need to talk to him about, however you want to start this new year, it's up to you. You can start in a place where you feel this freedom from God, where you feel um, just brand new, or you can start again with this baggage that you're carrying. You don't have to come up here to release that. God's present with you where you are right now. The Holy Spirit has entered into who you are if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. But it's there for you if you'd like to do that. Sometimes it is helpful. But as we sing this song, just try to think through what you want this year to look like. Lift that up to God. What things do you want to change? What things do you want to accomplish? What do you want to look like as a church, as a, pe- as a person? And just bring that to God. I'm thankful this new year to be in a family with all of you. I'm thankful to be here. And I'm thankful to see what God does. I'm excited to see what God does. I'm thankful for what he's already done. I hope that he blesses you and this church in the new year. I'm excited. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Maine is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.